everybody. It is June 10th, Friday. Me and James are going to come back with some hot topics for Push Talk. You don't want to miss this conversation. they're waiting on us what are you gonna do what are you gonna do hey everyone so it is sean and we are back today is june 10th james we've been haven't been live in like yeah, a week yeah it's been a long time but it's been so busy yeah it's been yeah. busy um, but you know, there's a lot. Um, I think we put out a message the other day on Monday. I think me and Ali, Ali, Ali said, "What's up, Ali? What's up?" Uh, we, <laughs> I'm sorry, we put a message in on Monday, kind of talking about um, one of the big things that's been happening around America. And I don't want to, um, I don't want to not continue to bring this conversation up because I think it's extremely important. But um, gun violence in America, um, we know that. It's not new, and I, I don't want to paint the picture this is new, right? This is not new. Gun violence has been going on in America forever, right? Um, but what really triggered us to really looking at it, and not us, but the, the United States, is what happened in Buffalo, um, where we see a, a white young man decided that he wanted to go in and kill people just because of the color of their skin, and he went into the only grocery store in the whole city um, of Buffalo called Tops, and he began to shoot, shoot people. Um, and, uh, I mean... And what I will say, and I'm going to start by going here, um, we know that there was another shooting like a week and a half later at Uvalde at the elementary school. 19 kids were killed um, and two teachers were killed. And a father or a husband of one of the teachers had a heart attack, so he died as well. Right. Um, but one of the things that really threw me off was that there were people who were on one side of the aisle who gave recognition. Um, they gave recognition to what happened in, in um, Uvalde, which they should have done. They should have done it, right? But even till today, have still not wished the con condolences to the family of people who lost in Buffalo. And my question continues to be: What separate? What makes us so much? Well, what makes the people in Buffalo so much different than the people in Uvalde? If we're pro-life, as much as we talk about, then whether a person's 84 years old, or whether they're eight years old, their life is still as valuable. Um, and I have to admit, like, I'm, I'm, I'm upset. Like, how do you feel about all this stuff that's going on with gun violence? Definitely when I feel like we can do things. Like, you're, you're, you, okay, you're a gun owner, aren't you? I am. And you support the Second Amendment. Yes. I support the Second Amendment. But I also think that um, there's things that we can agree on. Red flag laws, meaning that we are able to flag people who have, may have be a mental health risk to society. It's not an argument that we need to be I, having. And I've stated that on numerous occasions, and I will continue to, to holler from the mountaintops that we need to have stricter uh, laws in being able to ascertain, to be able to get uh, gun permit slash purchase. Um, the only problem with that I see is because uh, you can only regulate so much. Right. But the issue is going to come through those who can't go through the, uh, for lack of a better phrase, the legal process 
of going to the county courthouse, filling out the paperwork, so on and so forth, that they will just go to uh, the gun shows. And which is easy because these guys, there's no real waiting period. These guys come in with money and purchase and drive away with the weapon of their choice. But this is the thing I think that's pretty interesting about it is that when you got your carry permit in the state of Georgia, did you not, didn't you have to go through a background check in order to get it? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So now we know that the state of Georgia has passed a law that says you no longer need your carry permit. You'd be allowed to openly carry in the right. state of Georgia, right? But as a man of color, I still would prefer to have a carry but, permit. But for you, um, I mean, not even for you, some people, that's the first time they actually have a background check rant on them right. is when they were actually going to get the permit. Right. And now that Georgia's eliminated that process, this. We have a we've expanded our ability to be able to purchase a gun without a background check, pretty much in the state of Georgia. And I don't think that I mean, again, if a person's not mentally there or a person who's an abuse to like their family was, you know, just locked up for beating up a woman or something like that, they should not have the right to get a gun um, um, right. right now and immediately, right? Um, so red flag laws, we can agree on. We can agree on. I think everybody agrees on the fact that. Everybody who purchases a gun should be background checked before you're allowed to purchase Absolutely. a gun. Now, there is a debate about whether or not, like, so there's some people I know, right, who are have nonviolent offenses, and they, because of the fact that the nonviolent offenses became a felony, they're not able to purchase a gun, but they're no threat to society, right? We've never addressed that aspect that a person who writes bad checks, does that mean that they're ineligible to carry a gun? But yet, Again, I think as we talk about expanding background checks, we need to talk about expanding background checks, but also talk about um, looking at the the type of charges that we want to say, hey, these people are not eligible to carry a gun, right? right. Um, because everybody who has a felony doesn't mean that they're not, they shouldn't be able to purchase a gun. Because um, some charges don't fit it, right? right. If you were writing bad checks. White collar White crime. collar crimes, right? Well, 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 it doesn't necessarily, you're a felon, but that doesn't but that doesn't make you violent. Right. Um, so we understand that. So spending background checks. So red flag laws, spending background checks. And I think the other thing that they're trying to do when it comes down to um, to gun violence or one of the things that's floating around. What was the other thing that was trying to float around here? The ban. The ban on assault rifles, right? Yes, definitely so, should go back to that. It worked. But the thing is, though. Why is like why do we need AK forty sevens as a wreck like this? It's not even a hunting weapon. <laughs> but that was that was the reason. That was part of the reasoning. And uh, uh, before, when I, if I remember correctly, as a kid, as a young man, uh, one of the it, that came up. Oh, we use it for hunting. You know, then it uh, 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 the uh, NRA they you know were able to. Uh, 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 that was one of the spins that they were putting on on it was, you know, going out there. They had politicians in hunting gear, but they were using AK-47. I think there was a, actually and, a lady know, running for Congress in Georgia who actually just started a, a fundraiser mm-hmm. saying if you donate at least, I think, like $5, don't quote me on this, Marjorie Taylor Greene, but if you donate a small amount, you'll be put into an auction to win an AK, uh, um, auto, uh, AK-47. But that's, that's the country insane. we live in. That's crazy. That's the country we live in. But I don't. I but also want to. Oh, so let me add. Let me add this in. But see, that's the same type of weapon that you can't. Per- well, you might be able to purchase at a regular gun store, but you could definitely purchase at a gun show. Yeah, but the thing about weapons it, weapons that easier that the military. But it's easier to purchase that than it is to purchase a handgun. Yes, and that's the crazy part about yes. it. Yes. 
Um, I think even in the state of Georgia, it's easier for you to get a shotgun it than it is for you to get a handgun, right? And, and the reality is that, once again, like, what do we really use shotguns for? And um, I'm not hunting. I get it. Hunting, hunting and house home protection. Now, it, it's not typically a... Most handguns are would be considered like self-protection because you can carry it on your person. However, a shotgun or a hunting rifle are not. So, But they're easier to get because they're used for recreational purposes or should be you know that's what they but were designed for was to bring down uh animals for yeah I, I, I get that but my thing is this right and don't think i'm anti anti second amendment right um the, the second amendment was put in place during a time in our country where we were at war with other countries and it was basically saying that the government will ever, never get to a place to where the citizens don't have a voice. And if the citizens have to stand up, they have the right to bear arms and stand up and fight for the democracy, right? right? Um, not like January 6th, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but they had a right to stand up and protect the democracy, to stand up for the democracy. And that's the reason why we have the right to bear arms. It was not designed so that people can um, have something in the house or so if somebody breaks into the house that they can just shoot the person or be able to stand, stand my ground, right? right. Um, it wasn't designed so that a person like Trayvon Martin can be walking through his neighborhood and somebody who's just trying to be a, 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 a neighborhood superhero watch, watch person to go in and, and kill him. It wasn't designed for people for a person who was like Ahmaud Arbery who's running through his own, jogging through his own community. And three um, white gentlemen decided they want to stop him because he looked like a risk. And when he decided he was going to keep trying to run, they shot him. Right. It wasn't designed for that, right? It was designed for them to be able to, for people to be able to say, hey, if the government ever gets too big for their britches, um, we as a people are more powerful than the government. We make the government, right? right. And we have the right to stand up to the government um, and to stand up for our democracy and protect ourselves on the battlefield. And it was designed, again, during the time that the Second Amendment was put in place, was a time where we were at war with, with Britain, right? right. Um, so it was basically saying the people had the right to bear arms and protect the United States. But it wasn't designed to, for us to be able to bear arms and have war within ourselves within the United States. Right. And that's the way we've gotten to. But, you know, one of the things that has really um, captured me, like I want to put the pictures of the um, Buffalo victims, right? How can we not look at these people, um, and definitely as a black person, and be able to see my grandmother, my mom, my brother, my sister, my uncle, my auntie, right, yeah. in this picture. And I even think about it from this perspective. Um, the one, there was one lady who was in the picture who they had mentioned that she had just left her husband um, from the nursing home, right? And she was going to home, like she was going to the store to go pick up some groceries to cook for her family. Um, I don't know, but I think we actually even have a clip from his, um, her son where he, he's talking about it. So let's play that clip, Ali. There is nothing in respectful sinners. You should yield your positions of authority and influence to others that are willing to lead on this issue. The urgency of the moment demands no less. My mother's life mattered. My mother's life mattered. And your actions here today will tell us how much it matters to you. Thank you. And right after this son gave this emotional plea, um, literally, right after the son gave an emotional plea, the bill that was being presented um, was a domestic violence bill, a domestic terrorism bill, which means that we were going to have they were going to expand the penalties for people who um, who actually do or commit domestic violence crimes on our soil. Right? It didn't even pass. 
Um, and I thought it was interesting that he stated to them, like, you know, what you do in the next few hours is going to determine how you feel about my mother. Right. Um, and again, that was a, a victim of someone who lost a family member in Buffalo. Um, and again, Uvalde is extremely sad. Parkland was extremely sad. Sandy Hook was extremely sad. But so was um, Charleston, South Carolina. So was Buffalo. Um, and those were racially motivated. And, and, and this is the part that kills me about uh, America when we have this discussion that the FBI director, Chris Ray, who was appointed by President, former President Trump, stated that the, that the biggest threat to the American democracy today is white supremacy um, and domestic terrorism, right? Um, but that's not a conversation that we're willing to talk about. And even I think so, even past that, I think that the Uvalde family came out. And I know we have a couple of, let's first off, let's just show the picture of the kids from Uvalde um, and the teachers. This is crazy, right? Keep it on here for a second, but this is crazy because I want everybody to see these kids' faces, right? These were babies. I mean, they were going to school um, literally to get an education. This is the last week of school, I think, in Uvalde. One of the, um, and one of the teachers down there, she literally used her body as a, as a tool, to, as a shield to protect her kids. And while her husband's planning her, her funeral, he has a heart attack. And her children now, um, I think they have four children, are left without a parent, right? Um, and I love the fact that they started GoFundMe for them and they raised over a million dollars when they were only trying to raise like $10,000. But the reality is that money is not going to bring their parents back, right? Um, the reality is that money is not going to bring any of these kids back. And we had actually a testimony, I think her name is Mia, um, testifying and she, where she was actually one of the students. And I, I just want us to listen to what she said because this gave me chills. We were just watching the movie and then she got So this is one of the things that um, kind of is aggravating. <laughs> it doesn't make me feel any better about the country in which I stay in because you hear this little girl talking about the fact that this guy came into her room and like shot her teacher and then shot one of her best friends and she had to take the blood of your best friend or one of your friends and put it on herself and act like she was dead because he came into the room saying literally to, to eight-year-olds that today you guys that today you're going to die. Um, 
And yet, as a country, we can't galvanize around just saying that AK-47 should not be in. And, and, and let's put back up the picture of the, the, the victim to you all day. One of the things that really caught me off guard is Matthew um, McGonagall, I forgot his name, but he's an actor. He spoke at the Dwight House this week. Right. And he mentioned how one of the students, because of the AK-47 being shot with the AK-47 and the bullet exploding, you can come back over here, but the bullet exploding um, and like blowing up their whole body, the only way they were able to tell who it was was by the shoes that were left. That's crazy. Right. Um, by the shoes that were left. Or if there were some students that they couldn't even figure out who they were, but they had to use DNA in order to figure it out. Why do we need a weapon that can do that? Not only to, I mean, not only to children, but to people in general, right? Um, and even people who have served in war before says that AK-47s are guns of war. They're used on the That's battlefield. In America, and this is the part that scares me. I love America, right? You know, I got a flag sitting in front of my house and everything. Okay, when that flag got ripped, I bought a new one and pulled a new one up, right? Um, but the point of the matter is that, for me, if we don't start to do something, and if we don't start to say that the lives of people matter, right? And I'm not talking about just from the fact of abortions. The lives of people who are living right now matter. Then we're going to look totally different in 20 years from now, and America won't. Uh, America will cease to be America. Um, every and, and just because we're so great now doesn't mean that we are guaranteed to be great forever. We can look at Roman empires that have fallen. You know what I'm saying? Like this Babylon that has fallen. So many empires that were great have fallen because of the fact that they stopped caring about the people. Um, and that's uh, America's on track to be to be that. You know, one of the things. <clears throat> It brings about the conversation again, particularly in the case of Uvalde, uh, and when it comes to you about uh, the topic of mental health. Mm -hmm. There was clearly something wrong with that young man. Uh, where on the other side of the coin, and see, and that that brings about why uh, uh, you need to have extensive background checks, mental health checks when it comes to purchasing because he bought one and then went back three or four days later and bought another yeah and a bunch of rounds to go along with it um, but the reason why he used it it, it brings it, you know is comes into question about his mental health and the kind of person he was in school at work came has has come up um, you know but I, I, I will actually quote Joe Biden on this right? Joe Biden made a statement um, literally two hours before there was another mass shooting. Mm -hmm. And he's made a statement last week where he stated that every country has mental health issues. Every country's just not shooting up itself. Right. The reality is that um, America has more guns than citizens. That's the reality, right? Um, mm -hmm. That we, if you look at the next country next to us that has the highest amount of guns, we outnumber them almost 20 to 1, mm -hmm. literally, um, in the amount of guns that we have, right, that we have on the ground. So the problem is, I mean, mental health is always going to be a problem. It's a problem around the world, right? The problem is that people have access to weapons of right. mass destruction here. Um, there was even, I think, right, right while Joe Biden was giving his speech, a guy literally had went into a store two hours before he went and shot up the hospital. Two hours before and purchased the gun and then went in directly from purchasing the gun to shooting up the hospital and killing the surgeon and people in the hospital, right? Um, the reality is that the act the, we make it so easy to keep like it's easier to purchase a gun in some states than it is to get a, a driver's license um, or a rent a car or you know what I'm saying like so those type of things that's what we I mean it's easier to get a gun than to go into a hospital 
and get treated for your medical condition because of the fact that you can't afford medical, you can't, like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, right. where are we as a nation when we prioritize your right to carry, right, over people's lives, over health care, over um, mental health, over um, over education? Like, it's more important. We'll have those battles. But yet we want to sit around here as we know Roe versus Wade is probably getting ready to be struck down within a few weeks, right? right. Um, that's more important to us, Right. Um, to, to tell a woman what she can do with her body but it's not important for us to say we have to stand up for our kids we have to stand up for our black community we have to stand up for our Asian community we have to stand up for those who are being targeted right now um, and we have to stand up for these communities because I mean as a nation like we like I think kind of like what we were talking about yesterday with the group from Brazil I made a statement that I said you know it's interesting because the one part about America that makes us so interesting is that we are still the greatest experiment in, in, in the history of this world, right? What America's trying to do running a democracy with saying that you have a freedom to your religion, I have a freedom to my religion, is the greatest experiment in the history of the world. Because it's interesting when you try to take a person who's Muslim, a person who is Jew, a person who is Christian, a person who is Catholic, a person who is atheist, a person who is all these different religions and say, hey, I need y'all to put y'all in the same room and you guys need to figure out how to work together. Because we have different values, we have different beliefs, right? Correct. It is the greatest experiment ever. But... The one core principle, I don't care whether you are Christian or whether you're a Jew, whether you're Muslim or whether you, whatever you come from, is that we should be able to at least stand up and say we have a, we have an obligation to protect each other. And if it requires me to give up my AK-47 in order to make my neighbor, you feel more safe, what is it? Mm. Well, I, I'm not sure that, well, the obligation to protect each other, yes. However, I believe that the powers that be, those who are in charge, and and some people will call this a conspiracy theory, that the uh, elimination of people of color, uh, anything that will allow, because some of these rules have not been changed because it took place against, these crimes took place against people of color. Now, mind you, uh, for instance, um, the the shooting in uh, South Carolina, mm-hmm. Charleston, ra- yeah. uh, 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 race base, people of color, um, Buffalo, Buffalo, people of color, a large minor- large majority of people in Charleston, Vir- uh, Virginia, people of color. But there was it wasn't exactly a shooting, but the man drove through drove his car through right. as a weapon. But uh, so when it when it's target when people of color are targeted, they you, you know it, and I'm not really trying to make this a race thing, but it's fairly obvious to a number of folks that it looks as if it's race. And the, the rules don't apply, the same rules do not apply to people of color um, as they do for uh, those who are not. Uh, and so when you see mass shootings, uh, and so far they, the, no changes have been made, even after the mass shooting in Vegas, mm-hmm. when they had that. No, no changes made uh, in, in when it came to uh, laws and, and gun rights and so on and so forth. Nothing. And, you know, the people, the citizens of the United States are fed up with it. And, you know, uh, 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 
<laughs> well, all the well, citizens well, of the United States. Let me tell you the reason why I say that, right? It, it's, sh- it's, it's, it's shameful that we should even have to go through this. But most this. people in the United States would agree that we need some kind of reform when it comes to gun rights, right? Yes. But I can't say enough of them are tired of it, right? We were tired of it, Sandy. I mean, Uvalde should have never happened because Sandy Hook happened, right? Right. Parkland should have never happened because Sandy Hook happened. Um, Sandy Hook should have never happened because Columbine happened. Um, so the reality that people have an appetite, and one of the things that I really want to do in this season of it mm-hmm. is I, as an organization, for me personally, I'm going to do as much as I can to bring as much light like, to this situation absolutely. as possible, absolutely. right? Because at the end of the day, the moment we stop acting like it doesn't exist and we go back to our norm, then that's the reason why we continue to get the results that we do it did. We need Congress to do something now. Even if they don't ban assault rifles straight out, raising the minimum wage to eight, from 18 to 21, where we're seeing most of the kids who are purchasing these guns and using these assault rifles are young, would be a huge benefit. And I even I think I heard it on The View, like, we can't get so caught up in what we want, right? I would love for them to ban AK-47s, but if, if I can't get nothing out of it, but they raise the minimum wage from 18 to 21, at least that's progress, that's right? Yes. Um, we have to take whatever progress we can get in this moment because at the end of the day, while we're sitting right here debating about the, the small logistics of it, mm-hmm. somebody else got killed. Somebody else is going to get killed today. Before the end of the day, there will at least be 10 people or 10, at least 10 people in the United States killed by gun violence, right? Um, be over the course of this weekend, absolutely. And But not only that, it's, it's not even that, right? We haven't even... And for those of people who support law enforcement, I'm a, I think I'm a, I mean, I support law enforcement. I'm, yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I think so very much, right? Um, what does this do for them? They don't want to see regular citizens out there walking around with AK-47s. They don't want to see regular citizens able to openly carry without having a background check ranked on them, right? We put them at risk, too. Um, and, and that's that's sad. The, the, you know, but here's, here's the thing. And I, I know I saw this video on YouTube and uh, uh, about a year ago, maybe two. Anyway, there was an experiment done. White guy, I think it was, might have been Arizona, you know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about, where the guy walked down the street carrying his AK-47, police, no police, or the, the officer who did stop, he talked to him and let the guy go on about his way, the white guy. Black guy does the same thing, walks the same stretch of road and has four or five, six officers come and start asking and then takes the weapon away from him but he did exactly the same thing on the same stretch on the same block that the white guy did the black guy did the exact same thing but they they wanted to put him arrest ask him a bunch of questions as far as do you have a record and whatnot and you can clearly hear the difference between the conversations that they had that they but had. you know the funny thing I, I tell, I've been telling this story for the last couple of weeks I was inside of Publix and there was a white guy on the aisle that I was on, and he had he was openly carrying his per, his gun, right? Everybody came down that aisle. Right. Everybody felt comfortable. They felt safe, right? Two hours over, two or three hours over, there was a black guy who was openly carrying his per, his gun, right? Mm-hmm. People would go down the aisle, see him openly carrying a gun, back up, take their cart, and go down to the next aisle. Some of them came on the same aisle as the white guy who was carrying his thing. And one of the things I really want African-Americans to understand is that we think that just because, like even in the state of Georgia, a lot of them are excited about this whole bill that was passed because they're like, oh, yeah, now I can openly carry. The reality is you've just brought up a very valid point. You openly carrying it, it looks different than when another person openly carries or a person from another race openly carries. Even Ali. Ali, Ali openly carrying inside of a store. It's going to look different than me open carrying inside of a store, right? Because of the Absolutely. fact that people tie his, his culture, his race to different things, right? Um, 
And for black America, even this law we just passed in Georgia did nothing but put a bigger target on our back than that was, that, 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 than that was there before. Because now officers have, quote unquote, the stop and frisk. Because now you open the carrying, hey, um, can I write your name? Because that gun registered to you. Now I can easily have something to stop you for and have a conversation with you, right? right. Um, and that's something that we have to be in, in, a real, in a real about is that this doesn't do anything to help. And, I, you know, I just want to make sure that we keep as much spotlight on this. I know we can go on and on about this and talk more about it, but I just want to make sure that we can keep as much spotlight to it. And I need everybody, if you are out there, if you're listening to this podcast today, call your senator, call your congressperson, um, and let them know that we want action on this. And one of the things I've been hearing all over the news is that um, Senator Chris, I forgot his last name, but Chris out of Connecticut, who I think oversees... Chris Murphy, he has made the statement. They asked him, they said, does this feel like, why is, do you have so much hope about this time? He says, because it feels different. He said, people are calling their senators. They are calling their congresspeople. Let's not lose momentum in this moment. Absolutely. Pick up the phone, call your senator, call your congresspeople. And if you can't help people in other states, call their senators and congresspeople. We need them to know that we will not be okay with no action this time. Um, and that's going to be extremely important. Um, but Another thing I want to talk about real quick, and I think we can go more into this next week because it will continue this week. Oh, yeah. Um, last night we had some prime time, prime uh. time TV time, um, where they actually had information about um, about the January 6th commission. Hmm. And what tears me up about the January 6th commission is that how can we say that January 6th was a peaceful protest? when law enforcement officers lost their life. People who were a part of the protests lost their life. One was right here from, I think, from Georgia, right? right. Um, lost their life. If we can't be real with ourselves as a nation, who can we be real with? And that's going to be the big question, right? right. Um, the fact that we have a group, a, a large amount of people in America who still said that was peaceful protest, but yet they call when people were protesting for George Floyd, um, George Floyd's killer to be brought to justice, or they were protesting in all, um, Brunswick for Ahmaud Arbery, we said that those were, but nobody got killed. Nobody got hurt, <laughs> unless the police came out and did it, right? right? But we call those unpeaceful protests. What is wrong with America? Denial. Denial from, um, well, and frankly, I, 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 I hate to have to say it like this, but from non-people of color. Yeah. Denial. I mean, uh, uh, um, it's when they take when those things have taken place, number one, crimes against people of color uh, to begin with. Um, but you see the huge difference and disparity of how protests are are viewed right when clearly there is violence that has taken place clearly when there is treason that has taken place because don't get me wrong that was a treasonous act at any other time 200 300 years ago uh, uh, and at the founding of the this country that would have been considered treason and you would have been hung shot and because or hung. I, I think back and today today even with video, you still have, you, you got names, you got faces, and you got names to go along with it, organizers, the whole get down. And 
I'm seeing. I'm looking at the that the uh, this thing come across my screen last night and going, thirty six months of probation for treason. Yeah. That it, it, and, we and, 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 and we got black people who are we got not even black people. We got people out here who are selling weed who get more time than that, right? Right. And um, you have and in and, and any other country in the world, treason is a, 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 an offense that will get you locked up for life. Yeah. Or even killed. But I so my uh, biggest thing is that at, you know my biggest thing when it comes down to when we think about January sixth is I think it exposed and this is the part that makes it scary for me. It exposed how at risk our democracy is. Yes. This great experiment is right. Yes. That and, and now, like even in the information. So I don't know if you've seen this part, but it was literally like the plot was: Hey, even if we can't get Pence, if we can get him out of the Capitol, right, and it goes overnight and it doesn't get certified through night, then it, it changes the game the very next day. So it was just trying to delay the time, right? Right. I, I give kudos to um, Vice President Mike Pence. He said he would not leave. He stood up in it. And he stayed there and made sure that he did what he needed to do, right? That we certified the election, that democracy continued. But we were only a few hours out yeah. from not even having a real democracy anymore. Yeah. And you got people like, what kind of country are we when we are leaders that we don't don't really support? We said then if we don't support them, if they don't follow our agenda, then, then they need to die. Um, they were going out to speak of Pelosi. Yes. They were trying to get um, Alexandria Cortez. They were going after the vice president of the United States and the president. When he sent, when he was threatening to send um, um, National Guard troops into peaceful protests, remember that now. Right. He was he was telling governors like, if you can't handle the black people in your streets, I'll handle them for you. Right? When he seen this, he sat the White House, and the reports are showing now that he was sitting in the White House, wow. literally watching yes. and cheering them on and saying, "Go, keep going forward." And even when he tweeted and told them, "Go home," he said, "You're good people. You're good people. You fought hard for your democracy." Right? But it, and the fact that it's crazy is that this didn't just start on January 6th. This was being plotted in November, yes. in December. And I think that as an American, every person needs to be tuned in to what's going on with this January 6th commission. And it's a shame. Shame on Fox. Shame on networks like that who, who said that they wouldn't even give it airtime, right? That's right. That's um, right? Because reality is, is that America almost lost its democracy. And, you know, one, I was watching this TV show one time, even when we talked about gun legislation, right? Somebody brought up a very valid point. They said that if, um, if it comes out that African Americans have the same amount of guns as the other side of America has, you guarantee your butt they're going to find a way to start yeah. limiting, they're going to start a way, find a way to, to change gun, gun, gun policies to be able to get those guns, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what happened on January 6th was terrorism. It was domestic terrorism. And it would if that was any other community, and I'm not just saying the black community, if that was any other community that committed that crime, yes. um, to today, Republicans would be having a fit. And this is not about Democrats or Republicans, but shame on Republicans for not wanting to stand up and say that we have to protect our democracy when they take an well, oath to do so. They Right. And, well, okay, so let me start there. Pence, I tip my hat to that dude for standing up for the oath in the position and office that he holds. Absolutely. Because he took a stance and did not compromise that position, that title. He did not compromise it to uh, appease somebody's the ego. president. Yeah, somebody's and, ego. To someone's ego because they were having a hissy fit because it, looked, it appeared that they lost the election. 
That's number one. But number two is how do you call yourself a true American or a patriot of this country, but then fight against the democracy that gave you that right to be but a you know, even to, to, to put you in a position to even call yourself a patriot. What drives me even more crazy is some of these same people who are out here saying these are peaceful protesters. The day after it happened, the night that it happened, there's video of them saying, like, oh, Trump needs to be held liable for this. But right. now they're like... It, they're jumping I, I, ship. Right. Do you forget that this is 2021, 2020, like 2021 and 2022? Yeah. There is video of you saying this. Not no audio, not no leak, not no maybe this could be. There is video of you saying that Trump was wrong, that Trump was, should be held accountable for this. But every opportunity that you guys had to hold, hold them accountable, you voted against having a bipartisan commission to investigate this. And that's the reason why Democrats had to take over and just say, hey, we'll, we'll start a commission in, in the Congress. It should have always been taken out of the hand of Congress and put like we did with 9-11. And what's, so let me ask you a question. What was the difference between 9-11 and what was the difference between January 6th? Is the people in which were the ones who were behind the issue, right? right. And on 9-11, whether you were black, Asian, white, Hispanic, we stood for our country because our country was under attack. We were all on one accord. We were all on one band, and we said, and we gave our president. We said, whatever you decide, whatever intelligence, we're going back we, whatever up. intelligence leads you to, we got your back, right? right. Um, we need to be able to do the same thing on January 6th because the voters spoke. The voters spoke, and instead of, instead of us actually being able to just digest it, I didn't vote for certain people. And when that election happened, I had to go and just deal with it and understand yeah, that, hey, for right. the next four, two, six years, so, this is my reality, right? And I supported them because of the fact that, you know why I supported them? Because of the fact that at that moment, whether I voted for them or not, they became the leader of my country. And I support my country, right? right. And I hope that they would have done things but differently, you, but they didn't. That makes you more of a true... Patriot. So maybe we need to run yeah. for office, me, you, and Ali. Well, yeah, why not? Nah, Ali, but, you down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it definitely raises a question about what patriotism is. Yeah. Um, and once that is defined, do you fall under that umbrella? Because if you're, you know, and if you're, if you have to answer, if you can answer no, I don't fall under that umbrella because I'm against this, that, and the other thing, and um, then can you truly call yourself a real patriot? Right. Because defending democracy, defending our country against t uh, 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 enemies of the country, both outside and inside, but you are the insurrectionist that is causing the inside conflict, you're not a patriot. Yeah. I, and, I, you know... I would have to say, I'm not even going to lie, and I, I mean, everybody in the office knows this pretty much. The last three weeks have probably been, for me, the hardest three weeks of my life. To have to kind of watch what's going on, or not the hardest, but they have been extremely hard on me, right? Mm -hmm. um, because I'm looking at the world, and the America I thought that we, we live <coughs> in, um, it has proven to me that it's not the America I thought we were, right? right? Um, and I, but I still love it. I still want to do my, the best I can. And I want to challenge everybody out there, like literally, if you want to see Amer America at its best and you want to see America accomplish what it has to accomplish, 
we first have to make sure that our voices are heard in this society. And the way we make sure our voices are heard in this society is we have to get out and vote for people who stand for our interests. Yes. If the women who are women who women and men who are upset about the Roe versus Wade decision, the only way we're gonna make a change in that is we have to elect Congress people, elect senators who are gonna pass legislation where this is not a debatable question anymore. Uh, for those who wanna argue about gay marriage or whatever the case may be, again, vote your interests. But don't stand on the sideline and complain about what's going on when you're not even giving, you're not even putting a voice in your society. Um, and with that being said, that's a reminder that June 21st, June 21st, um, we have an election, and we have a few people. In fact, Black Push is so proud to announce that over the next what four podcasts, we'll be having Nicole Horn on. We'll be having um, um, Con- uh, Representative William Bodie on. We'll be having um, Charles. Um, Charlie Bailey, he'll be yes. coming in, and we'll also be having Kwanzaa Hall. So we actually have people who are coming on the podcast who are running for um, in this runoff election. So you can hear what they have to say, and we're going to ask them some hard questions. I mean, we're going to be honest um, and cha- very challenging. So that starts tomorrow. So, so Black Push is going to do something that we never really do. Saturday and Sunday of this week, we're actually going to run a podcast, and it'll run at the same time at 1.30. Um, one would be of Nicole Horn, and one would be of William Bodie, and then next Monday we'll have Charlie Bailey and Kwanzaa. Um, but I really want people to hear from them, and some of the questions that I've been hearing that they've been, I mean, that have been avoided, I want to make sure that we address. Um, because as a politician, you cannot hide behind your opinion, and you cannot hide behind your record, right? Um, but I want to challenge everybody, like, um, continue to call your Congress people, continue to call your senator, um, and let's continue to try to hear each other, man, because... Um, yeah, I know. If this is not about a black or white initiative, um, and it's not about race. It's about right and wrong. At yeah, the end of the day, absolutely. Um, and I and and I don't mean I have I don't. One of the things that I am very cautious of is I I want to make sure that I leave my nephew's generation, my niece generation, and if God bless me with kids one day, my kids generation, better than the way I received it. Um, and that that for me, somebody asked me what's going to be my legacy is that I, I, if it required like that's what I'm willing to lay my life down to leave this country in a better state than it was when I received it. And um, and, and we have so much work to do, but it, it's not just black push. It's not just one organization. It's going to take us as citizens to move the needle. Absolutely. And with that, I wanted to give them a shout out. Um, we had um, a, a great opportunity yesterday. Um, we got called by the secretary of state's office because they were hosting a group from Brazil who were doing social injustice, they're community leaders, and I think we got that picture, but these are all the wonderful people who came and visited us from Brazil. You can keep them up there for a second. They came and visited us from Brazil and we talked about social injustice, um, voting rights, we talked about religion and how it's different over in Brazil and that. But kudos to them. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you for Shannon Jones and Makia for coming out and also being some of my speakers. But it was a great conversation, great dialogue. so I also want to just remind everybody that we are going ready to have our fifth One Accord conference. So in less than a year, yes. we have had five conferences already. Um, and I know we showed the clip of me doing the, my speech at the One Accord conference yesterday. But we are going ready to go down to Macon, James. And you played a huge part with this with Pastor Bumpus. Um, and where he's hosting us over at, what's the name of his church again? New Fellowship. Missionary Baptist. New Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church. Um, So thank you, Pastor Bumpus. We have some great speakers that are going over there. We have Reverend Townsend. We have Reverend Shannon Jones. We have Pastor Bumpus. We have Um, uh, Reverend uh, Walter Glover. Walter Glover. Another person just came on board today, so his information will be put out today. Um, We have Apostle Fritz Musser from Tabernacles coming. So we're going down to Macon, and we want to make it known that um, we have to do more and we have to do better. And the mayor. 
and the solicitor, the solicitor yes. of, um, yes. uh, of making. So we're just super excited. If you have not registered, go to our um, Facebook page, go to our website. You can register there. And this time will be the first time we've actually promoted to where you can actually register to be there in person or be there um, virtually, which we always do it virtually, but this would be a great opportunity. And if you have not already gotten so, um, our tickets for um, the one uh, our first inaugural gala, our night of service gala, will go out on Monday. So I want everybody to pay attention. We're gonna put a lot of um, energy behind this because we're honoring people like Zanona Clayton, Ambassador Young, Shannon Jones, Reverend um, McDonald, um, Bishop Jackson, and so many other great leaders in our community. Yes. Um, Deborah Scott, Latasha Brown, Helen Butler. I don't want to miss anybody. Um, Henry Hank Thomas, right? Um, Sandra, Lee Williams. Sandra Lee Williams. We're honoring all these people on July 20, uh, 16th. July 16th. Um, we'll be at the CNN Omni. Um, CNN Omni. And when I say it's going to be a night to remember, we actually yes. just got confirmed. Um, we just got confirmed. Avery Dixon, who was on America's Got Talent, he plays the saxophone, and he's going to be one of our performers there as well. Absolutely. And we're looking to bring in artists from New York. We're looking to bring in students who are going to perform. This will be the and one event. The host is and the host, the host. Oh, and oh yeah, I forgot about that. And I'm sorry, uh, I'm thinking about the host. I'm thinking about the one accord conference. And we have. Rodney Perry, comedian, um, nationally known comedian, actor, Rodney Perry, who will be hosting this event for us. Yes. And if you go to his Instagram, it's on his Instagram already. Um, so we are super excited about this. This is going to be a huge event. Um, please go if you want to sponsor, if you just want to send a gift, if you want to buy a ticket. The ticket start at $200 for general admission, $250 for VIP, or you could buy a table and be a sponsor. But go to www.blackpush.org or check out our Facebook page on Monday. All that information will be on there. But this is information about the gala. You guys, stay blessed, stay safe, enjoy your weekend. But don't forget, if you want to make a difference in society, make sure your voice is heard. Make sure you got involved. And make sure you call every senator and every congressman and let them know that we need to do something about gun violence. And we have to do it today. We're going to have to speak truth to power. If we live by what his word says, we're not going to go wrong. Every human being deserves equal treatment. If you don't know Vincent's name in your own community, don't call George's name. Where is the church today? One is a church. One is a package store. Which one is the greater influence? We've got to put our foot down and say, as for me and my house, not only will we serve the Lord, but we'll look like him. One accord is what we need. Stand up for all for God's children and let's be a one accord. The thing about unity with God is that it doesn't come without unity with other people. May the God in all of us stand with those who are the most vulnerable. I believe the opportunity to be on one accord is opportunity. am I going to stop? I'm going to stop when there's no more homeless people. When am I going to stop? I'm going to stop when people no longer have to be afraid to go into a ballot place and cast their ballot. When my white brothers and sisters don't have to eat from Dollar General and that's where they get their only meal from.